Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. If you find Genesis chapter 18 verse 9, I just want to read this. Genesis chapter 18 verse 9. This is what God says about Abraham. For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. See, God needs the next generation for God to bring to Abraham what he's promised him. Even the next generation, the promises of the next, what God promises me, he's going to fulfill to the next generation. Did you know that? What God promises you, he'll fulfill in your next generation, the children that you have. Basically, God is saying, I have chosen you because I knew that you would command your children to walk after me. There's a big responsibility there as parents. It's our responsibility. I'm telling you, if you can hear my heart, I haven't got the time to explain it, but the family is the bedrock of society. The government, the society, the, the government's not called by, it's not called to parent our children. God put Adam and Eve together, man and woman and that is what institutes a family is a man and a woman together because they both have amazing functions designed and purposed by God to raise up a family. And when they're connected to God the Father, so the enemy, the enemy has attacked the family unit every way he possibly can. Because if, if he can crack the foundation of the family, then you're going to raise up children that are insecure. You're going to raise up men or women that aren't really strong characters. And you learn all your moral values from your family. Did you know that? It's our responsibility as parents to teach our children moral values. And the thing is, you can't teach them what you don't have. You can teach the right words, you can speak the right words, but they'll do what you have. They'll, they'll carry what you have. Psalm 78, verse 1 to 8. Just want to show you something quickly before we dive into some things that I want to talk about the fruit of being in relationship with God the Father as Father, and also the family, us being the family. Psalms 78, this is a great scripture for you to look through and receive it and meditate, get it into your spirit. Look what God says, pick it up from verse 2, I will open my mouth in a parable, I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children. We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He has done. So we're going to talk about His strength. We're going to talk about His wonderful works. We're going to tell the next generation the praises of our Lord. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Listen to this. So that the generation to come may know Him or may know them, know the word, and children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, next generation, that they may set hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. In other words, when you don't teach your children the word of God, they will be a stubborn and a rebellious generation. That's what it says. So it's our responsibility to teach them, and, teach, and the children will teach the next generation. Because if we don't do that teaching, if we don't impart, if we don't Live it and then teach what we're living. That's the way we do it. If we don't do that, there will be a rebellious and a stubborn generation. That's a bit scary. Do you know there's a scripture in the Bible? When I say, when I say it's scary, it's, we need to fear the Lord in this way. Listen to this. Exodus 34, 7. Why does this scripture say this? I'm going to read it. You'll know the scripture. It says, Keeping mercy for thousands, 
of generations, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, and that will be no, no means clear, the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children up until the third and the fourth generation. Basically, this scripture is saying that God will visit the iniquities, the transgressions, the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. Why would he do that? Can I tell you why he would do that? That's the power that resides in you as a father. You have so much power inside of you that it affects all the way to the fourth generation. For good or for evil. That's the power that you have as a dad. I'm going to affect my children so powerfully that they're going to affect their children and their children four generations down. That's scary almost, isn't it? Responsibility that we have as fathers to live before God because everything we do, they're watching. I've always been amazed of meeting little children of parents and they talk exactly like their parents, the mannerisms, the way they put their sentences together, the mannerisms, the expressions, because that's what they mimic. They mimic what they've heard all their life when they're kids. Even the way you speak is like your parents. You need to pray for my children then. Anyway. You see the importance that we have. God has given us that responsibility because he, 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 you've got power for good. The, you know, the, the Bible's warning about the, the, the potential for evil because that's the effect. You see, you can't, if God gives you responsibility to affect people, he can't take that away if you do evil. It'll affect to the fourth generation. There's stuff that you have to deal with because of your great-great-great-grandfather and what they exposed themselves to, what they let into their hearts, what spirit came into them, things that just kept going to the next generation, and you're fighting those things. So number one that I'm going to talk about, the fruit of being in the, fa in the Father, being with the Father, being God the Father, knowing Him as a Father. I love Jesus' relationship with His Father. He was so secure in His relationship with God. And He's in love with the Father. The Father was in love with Him. The first thing when I think about family and what we're supposed to, that what is the fruit of being in family is receiving unconditional love. Unconditional love. You, you've heard the saying of if you take a baby, apparently they've, they've done this with monkeys and if you, if you they experimented it, that if they have no physical touch, no affection, never been picked up, and they've still got food, that the, the, the monkey stopped growing, and if they had no touch whatsoever, no affection, no love, they end up dying. So that's how much you were created for love, acceptance, physical touch. You know, we crave, most of the babies crying is not just because they're hungry, they want love. They want to be touched, they want to be uh, held, they want to be feeling love in your father's um, care and mother's care. I remember growing up, and again, if your love tank isn't full from your parents, it affects us in a way we don't even know it's affecting us. I don't know how to explain it. But I remember, I remember my childhood and I remember some little things. And I remember watching movies, black and white movies. That's how young I am, uh, old I am. But they were black and white movies. And any time I saw affection, a lot of times it was a dying scene where the woman's just affecting, showing affection and the guy's dying and they're trying to keep him alive. And any affection, I craved for it. I, I, it's like because I didn't get it a lot at home. I got a lot from my mum. I didn't get a lot from my dad, I suppose, at that time. But, but it was almost like it was planting a seed that when I grow up to be a teenager, I'm going to look for affection in the opposite sex. I'm going to look for affection because I didn't have my love tank filled. It affects us. 
It really does. We need the love of an unconditional family. And I'm telling you, I didn't have a perfect family. No one has a perfect family. I was speaking about this last week. I, I thought about Jesus. Well, Jesus didn't grow up in a perfect family because, you know, well, Joseph and Mary needed salvation. And so he, didn't have a, he wouldn't have had a perfect dad, but he had a relationship with God the Father. So when I came to Christ at 19, that's when my heart started getting healed. That's when I started to get a revelation of the Father's love. And I can't tell you, I really have thousands upon thousands. Of, I thought about it, there's got to be thousands. I've been walking with God for 30-something years. Thousands of encounters with God's love where he melts my heart and I'm weeping and crying because his love is touching me. Hundreds and hundreds and thousands. That doesn't mean every single day, but I've experienced him many, many times. How, Leo? Just open, now that I know his love, I just have to open up my heart and say, God, thank you for your love. And I have an encounter with his love. I feel his presence. I feel his warmth. I feel his acceptance. Jesus, when he was baptized, the heavens opened up, the Bible says. God the Father spoke. And he said, this is my beloved son. It's like saying, this is the son whom I love. In him, I am well pleased. That's Father God saying to Jesus that he loves him. And then giving him adoration and giving him uh, admiration. What's the word? Um, speaking of when someone uh, affirms him. Gave him affirmation. In whom I'm well pleased. Hasn't even started public ministry yet. Didn't do any miracles yet. Hasn't even started to preach. Hasn't done anything great for God but obedience. Intimacy. Spending time with the Father. And that's what touched the Father's heart. It blessed the father to the point where he blessed it out. This is my beloved. This is the love of the son I love in whom I'm well pleased. Right near the end of his ministry in the uh, mountain of transfiguration where the cloud of glory came and the bright cloud of God's presence came and he spoke again. The father said, this is the son whom I love in whom I'm well pleased. He just added one thing. He says, listen to him. Because Peter was around. So make sure Peter hears. Listen to him. Something about unconditional love in a family. Now, I don't know how to explain it. I wish I knew how to explain it the best words possible to get us all to understand on the same level that God wants us to understand. But when you're raising up children, they just got to know you love them unconditionally. There's got to be a security, a security that comes from that, but that you love them. Parents love unconditionally to their children. It's our, our way of laying down our life continually when I think about when, having, when I first had children, I, um, I remember my heart bursted with love. It's hard to explain this until you become a mum or a dad, because you can't imagine you can love that much. And all of a sudden, you have a child that you can love, and you think, I can't live for myself anymore. I've got to live for you. The whole revelation, I've got to lay down my life, and my life's going to mean about living for you. And I think, how much, if I love my children that much, how much more does the father love me? It gave me, it opened me up to a deeper revelation of, God, you love me so much beyond my comprehension. I can't even comprehend how much you love me. But I've got to learn to experience that. I have to learn to encounter his love or else it's just head knowledge. I can't just have a head knowledge that God loves me, but it's not real to me. So understanding God's love, it starts with you, with God, the Father. And just, you know, we've all come from broken homes. So I don't, want, I don't want this to think, oh, well, I've never had a father. No, you know, I, I, my dad wasn't around. Or if my dad was around, he neglected me. That's fine. Let God the Father be your father now. Let him, it's possible. 
to have an intimate love relationship with God. Let Him change you so that you don't have to continue the generational curse of not knowing how to be intimate with your children. To show love. To know how to communicate. I sometimes think about, if have, I've got a photo here of my family. For, some, for those that are just visiting us, I've got five children, four boys and a little girl. Um, you can tell we sort of kept trying for that little girl. And um, that's my family. When they were younger, they're on the left, the cuties. Oh, the cutie they are. And then uh, Leon, that's Leon's wedding day. Josiah's getting married in six weeks' time. Actually, sorry, five, five weeks and six days and about 30, how many hours? But, um, See the girls there, the ladies of the family. I remember a day when there was only one lady of the family, which is my wife. Because we had four boys, me, five, and one girl. Now there's one, two, three. And I realized eventually there'll be six ladies in the family and six men. So they're catching up. The women are catching up. The princesses and the queens are catching up. Um, it's It's... Understanding love, it's laying down your life continually for your children. And even if it does take a thousand, thousands of encounters with God's love. When you read the word and God does something and he speaks into your life and it hits you and it changes you. That he gives you a revelation of his love. I, I believe so, I, don't know, I, don't, I suppose it's just as important as each other. My relationship with God the Father is so vital. That's where I get my revelation of a fatherhood and love and my acceptance. And I find security. I find healing. I find love. And then it's equally important for me to outwork that love to the family. I'm talking about the family. That's the foundation. But the extended family is this family here. And I love God because His extended family is the whole body of Christ around the whole world. We belong to one family, one God, one faith, one hope, one baptism. No, God doesn't have many bodies or many families. He has just as one. And it's very important to understand we've got to outwork it. If, if you say, no, I'm just going to have a relationship with God. I've been so hurt with people. Then you're going to stunt your growth. If you don't work through issues, offenses, hurt, disappointment with people, you'll stunt your growth if you say, I'm just going to have a jolly old time with my father. I'm just going to be happy with him because everywhere I go... I get hurt. So many people. The Roman church is the biggest church around. That's the church that's roaming everywhere from church to church. They don't stay in one place. The roaming church. Got it? We need healing. Number two is in the relationship with the father and the family, you find your identity. Now, I don't know how to explain this again the best way. I, but you get your identity from your father. You really do. Now, if you don't have a good relationship with your physical father, God the Father can reveal the identity he has for you. Identity. He gives you a revelation of who you are. And I remember the first, one of the first times I got my main revelation of who I am through my relationship with the Father. My dad didn't know Christ. I came to Christ first. And so when I came to Christ and uh, had a relationship with the Father, He started to show me my identity, who I am in Him. And you have to have revelation upon revelation of who you are. But the Father gives it to you. Do you understand that? I remember the first time I was in my bedroom, had my guitar, and I'm a baby Christian. I'm worshiping God. I'm doing my best to touch the, 
touch the heavens, touch the Father, and, and touch God. I'm just pouring out my heart. I never forget my heart. Was, I felt like I was hitting a brick wall, like a spiritual ceiling, and I'm trying to worship God. I'm trying to. And I remember in my heart, I complained like this. I said, oh, God, if it wasn't for my sin, I'd be able to get closer to you. That's exactly what I said in my heart. If it wasn't for my sin. And the, God spoke to me and says, Leo, it's not your sin that's the problem. Yes, the problem is you don't know what I've done about your sin. That's the problem. That began a journey for me. It began a journey of discovering all that he's done for me. Because I didn't know what he's done for me. That he gave me the gift of righteousness through Christ Jesus. When I started reading the word, and I actually did a study on righteousness. I just did three months it took me to go through the Bible on righteousness in the early days and just read every single scripture before and after, in, meditate, write down in my book what that meant to me. It was so serious. I needed to change. I need to know who I am or else I'll live out of my insecurity. I'll live out of my, I'm no good. I'll live out of the words that have been spoken over me all my life. You're hopeless. You're no good. You're a stupid idiot. Give it to me, mate. When those words are spoken over you over and over and over and you just eventually get to believe it, that's how you think you are. That's not the identity of being a son and a daughter of God. Our destiny, this is in Ephesians, by God's word, our destiny is to be conformed into the image of his son. Think about that for a second. God's destiny for you is to transform you, change you little by little, revelation by revelation, to become more like Jesus. Now, yes, we've got to have a revelation with God, and I've got to hear his voice and his word come to me. But when I get that revelation, I have to outwork it in family. I can't, again, be a loner, be by myself, and just say, oh, that's why I'm just going to keep growing in my relationship with God, and I don't outwork it in relationship. It's just as vital, because you, you learn your lessons in family. You really do. I remember the first time, uh, when I first started the church 28 years ago, one of my best friends, I discipled him. He's like two or three years younger than me. And he gets up and says, God spoke to me. I had a dream. I'm going to uh, see free Phil Pringle's church. That shattered me. What? You don't believe in the vision? What? My best friend doesn't even believe in the vision. That's how it felt inside. It hurt. But you know what? I had to rise up and go, well, God, you still called me. God, you still believe in me. And so you, you find your identity through those knockbacks. Then you, have a th then, you, then you go through that a thousand times. You die to yourself a thousand times. And you realize it's not me, it's him. It's those thousands of deaths that you have and you realize God speaks his identity to you through the experience of rejection, of offense, of hurt. Because God, you love me. But if you don't want to get hurt and you shelter yourself, I don't want to be hurt by anybody. I've been hurt so many times. I'm just going to protect myself, my little, little wall. And who's in prison? I'm in prison. I'm in prison if I have made a wall. and said, don't get too close to me because I've been hurt before. When I give my heart out, I get hurt. Identity has to be found. There's something about fathers, again, and again, remember, we all have a relationship with the Father. You have access to God the Father. But there's something about fathers that, that gives identity to their children. It's very much connected to purpose, which I'm going to talk about next point, but, but identity comes from the Father when the Father is speaking words over them, words to give freedom. When it comes to family, when I think about family, let's say this family as well, is I can't, have, I can't demand because love loves all things, love bears all things, love believes all things, you know, love is patient, all those things. So 
we can get so hurt because we've got expectations. And when you come into a, a place like this, a family of believers or a church family that's already got relationships that are established and some for years, and we've all got our own family, physical family to, to raise and work job. And, and so you come in, you, every new person or every new person to that family has expectation that after a few months, I'm going to be really best friends of everybody. You know what? It could take a bit longer than that. I'm just, I'm just saying. And it's so easy to, you know, because we're in an instant society. You know, everything's instant. Everything's got to be quick. Just quick. Go in, put the microwave, bang. Quick dinner, go to McDonald's. Everything's fast these days. So when you come to a church, you just have got this mindset of instant. Everything's going to be fixed. I'm going to have a close, intimate family with everybody really quick. You know what? Real family, real trust takes time. And when you get offended because it doesn't come in your time, your plan, and you get offended, rejected, insecure because, well, I think by now, everyone's talking about family. I don't feel any family here. I'm, I'm out of here because I don't feel any family. You short-circuit the very process of family. And then people go again to another family, and they do the same thing. It goes over and over and over and over. And the actual problem is you're repelling because you don't know what a family is. Please hear my heart. You have to work through issues. Our family, we're committed to each other. That's what family is. We're not perfect, but we're committed any argument, we don't just get up and go, I'm going to find another family down the road. That's it, I've had enough. We don't do that. When I think about family in our home, there are certain things that are in our home that goes on when there's no one around. People walk around with no shirts, shorts, sometimes just undies. And, and it's just, that's our home. It's our home. We're, you, know, we're, like, you don't have to, just, it's a place of rest. It's a place of a haven. It's refreshing. You can just be yourself, can't you? That's what family is. But we're, in my home, there's certain things that we have in place that we find freedom, joy, laughter, fun. There's so many things at home. But when we get guests over, we change uh, our clothes, our presentation, because there's guests coming. So that's true of this place. This is family, but on Sunday, we're still getting guests. So you do. You don't, you don't sort of treat each other the way you would when there's no guests around, if you know what I'm saying. Just trying to give us an, an analogy of an, 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 an analogy, not an allergy, but an analogy <laughs> of what it means to be in a home. There's freedom, there's love, there's acceptance. In a family context, none of our children are trying to get acceptance. They should be secure, and they're not. You know, if one of my kids came up to me and said, Dad, what do I have to do so that you can love me? That would really hurt. That would really offend me, you know, hurt me, because I think, what? You think you have to do something for me to love you? Obviously, I'm not showing them the love, the unconditional love if they think they have to do something. They think they have to perform. They think they have to strive. They think they have to outdo someone else. And there's, there's a, another thing as a father is you, when you've got children, you're, doing your, you're, you're trying to oversee and get them to find their, their own space, their own grace, their own destiny, their own purpose, and not compare to each other. Because they're all individually gifted. So there's not an, it's not a competition. It's, it's finding your space. And you speak words over your children over and over. I've said this many, many times over our kids uh, when they were young. I'd plant seeds that I knew would grow later and I'll reap the fruit of it later. Plant the seeds because later I'll reap it. I, I read in the life of Jesus, so many times he would say things they didn't have a clue what he's talking about. Literally, he's on like another planet. He's from heaven, they're from earth, and he's speaking things. And, and the Bible says they did not understand what he was talking about, but later they got it. Jesus is not wasting words. 
He's saying something knowing you won't get me now, but in five years' time, or after the resurrection, you're going to understand what I've just said right now. So you plant seeds. And I plant seeds with my kids. I remember Evangeline. I'm still living this out with Evangeline. But in Disneyland, when we went to America, she's like about five maybe. And she's tiny. But every, every few steps, Dad, can you pick me up? Dad, can you pick me up? I'm tired. Dad, I had a sore ankle. Yeah, the excuse of the sore ankle. And so I, I pick her up. And after a while, you got your little daughter on your, on your hip and for ages walking around. Yeah, you know, I'm a pretty tough man, but that's pretty tiring. And so I'd say to her things like, that's fine, but when you grow up and you're an adult, are you going to still let me pick you up? You're still my little daughter? Yes, absolutely, Dad. Of course I am. You'll always, I'll always be a little daughter. So you sure? Even when you're 18, 19, you're going to still be my little princess, little daughter. You'll still be hugging me and I can pick you up? Yes, Dad. And so she never forgot that. Every time she wants to be picked up, even now, downstairs, she goes, Dad, you want to pick me up? Oh, no, it's fine. I don't want to pick you up. Take you, take you to bed. <laughs> And she says, remember Disneyland? I, I'm 18. I'm 18. Because I said, I promised her, even when you're 18, I'm going to pick you up. And so I picked her up and walked up the stairs to take her to bed. Because I want to keep my word. But they never forget the words we speak. You plant the words. You speak the words. And it creates the road for them for destiny. Having purpose. There's something within a relationship with the Father, Father God, but also a Father in the natural to love their children. You give purpose to them. Our kids are so different. But in our parenting them, Christine and I, we're doing our best to get them to trust God, dream with God, seek God for the purpose and plan of God on their individual life. Give them the freedom for passion and dreaming and thinking big. And they will find their way forward, and it's not going to look like anyone else. But they have to find their purpose, their destiny. Do you know everything, absolutely everything God creates has purpose? God doesn't do anything without purpose. The sun is up there, it's got a purpose. The moon has a purpose. The stars have a purpose. The ocean has a purpose to keep this earth alive. And oxygen and the currents. And it's amazing things what the ocean does because it's 70% of the whole earth is ocean. Just the ocean has purpose. So many things. A fish has purpose in the water. Take the fish out of water, it doesn't have purpose. Once upon a time, the appendix, they used to think it had no purpose. I remember growing up, people told me, said, oh, the doctors will take it out because there's no purpose to the appendix. They, they, didn't, they didn't connect. They didn't have enough wisdom or technology or understanding. You think about it for a second. If God's going to put a, a a body part in your body, you reckon he's not going to give it purpose? It's just because it's at the end of the intestines and it's like this skinny and it's like just hanging. But it's got a purpose. Now they realize it's got um, for immune, it fights immune diseases, it's got stuff in it that releases the right uh, antibiotics, if that's the right word. It fights diseases in the body. Every body part in your, it's like having a watch and a man that creates a watch, puts a part that doesn't have no purpose. Why would you put the part in the first place? It's going to do nothing. If it's for aesthetics, it's got a purpose. But if it's for function, everything, every person in this room has been created by God and He's got an individual purpose for you. Every single person. You need to find that out and you find that in family. Yes, your physical family, but also in the church family. Every person. You're going to find your destiny. Listen to this story as I bring it to a close. An old story of a lighthouse keeper. He was giving, he was given a, a, 
a certain amount of oil every month to keep the light burning for the lighthouse so the ships could see because it's right on the rough coastal um, island and there's rocks everywhere. So the ships, as they sailed past, the light had to be on for them to see where the coastline was so they wouldn't, that was his job, to light the light at nighttime with the oil. And um, a mother came past and says, listen, can I borrow just a little bit of oil to keep my family warm? And he felt, oh, sure, he said, have a little bit of oil. Then another family, another father came along and said, can I have a little bit of oil because I need to cook some food for my kids? It's all legitimate reasons. And so he gave a little bit of oil away. And then another person came along, I need some oil to lubricate my wheels. And so he gave that oil away. And eventually, near the end of the month, he started to run low. And he got low enough to have no more oil left. Couldn't put the light on the lighthouse up. And so a number of ships wrecked and lives were lost. And so it was a massive disaster because he didn't put the light on. The authorities came in and questioned him and says, what happened? What are you doing? And he explained. He goes, well, all these people, I don't know. They needed it. I saw the need. I just gave them the need. And he said, look, and he gave all these excuses. And the authority says, you had one purpose for that oil. One purpose. That's why we gave it to you, to turn the light on. And that's true of us. I think we've all got a purpose by God to, to make sure the oil of the Holy Spirit lights the fire and the light of heaven is in us because the world has to navigate. They've got to make sure they don't shipwreck their faith and smash themselves upon the islands. They need your light burning. Don't give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Burn it for God. Have a purpose. Know your function. When I think of our body, it's fully functional. The Bible actually says, just like the body, so it is with Christ. Every part doing its share. Ephesians says it. There's every part supplying, working itself in love, giving to other parts. If I take my finger off, cut it off and put it here, it's not going to have life. It's designed to be connected to the body. He is the vine. We are the branches. Life flowing from the vine to the branch. We're connected. That's what family is. I literally ran out of time. Because everything happens within family. I want, you, I want you to see your, your growth in God, your relationship with God. Yes, it's with the Father, but you have to outwork it in family. Fellowship. Another word, fellowship, is kononia. Fellowship. Another, someone translated fellowship is like two fellows in a ship. You're connected. You, but the word fellowship, kononia, means to share. It really means to exchange life to each other. Exchange life to each other. Everyone has to exchange life to someone they're giving encouragement to, ministering to, helping them, disciple them. And then everyone needs someone to exchange life to them, that they're inspiring them, they're challenging them, they're ministering to them. We all need someone ministering to us, and we all need to minister to others. That's within family. I hope you see the church as family. What degree are you committed to the family? Because the degree that you're committed to the family is the degree that you'll get out, out of that relationship. Because I just tend. I just go when I feel like it. I just attend when, when it's right for me. I, I, I just make my way and I'll go, sit and leave. God didn't intend church to be like that. He wants it to be family. Please hear our heart. God wants you to grow. He wants us all to grow. You're going to find destiny. You're going to find purpose. You're going to find healing. One of the points is security. You're going to find security. It's a beautiful thing to be secure.
going to pray for people. I feel God wants us to do a work in our hearts. Just bow our heads for a moment. Before we pray for healing, I just want to give you an opportunity. And uh, anyone on Facebook as well, if you're listening, I want to give you an opportunity to, to make peace with God. Maybe making a decision for Jesus for the very, very first time. You've never accepted Jesus into your life. You didn't know that He died on the cross for your sins, but today you know. Jesus Christ paid the penalty for your sins. Isn't that good news? That Jesus hung on the cross, died on the cross as if He was a sinner, and He took my penalty, took your penalty, took my judgment, took your judgment. That anyone puts their faith in Christ, their sins will be forgiven. So I just want to give you that opportunity in this room. Thank you. Just slip your hand up. We're going to pray for you. You want to say yes to Jesus. You want to say yes to Him. Maybe it's for the first time. You want a peace with God. You didn't realize what He's done for you, but today you know. You can be reunited with the Father God through faith in His Son, Jesus. That's why He sent Jesus. Amen. There's some that need just to come back home. Maybe you walked away, you lost that fire, you just want to, you need to come back home. Just slip your hand up. We're going to pray that prayer for you. Accept Jesus into your life. Thank you, Father. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's rejoice. If everyone has made their peace with God, I rejoice with you. But if you're online, you, you just have to say yes to Jesus. Say, Father, I, I, I repent. I turn away from my sin. I open up my heart and I accept Jesus into my life. And I believe Him with all my heart. Make Him Lord. I make Him my Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Wonderful, Jesus. I, I don't know what to do exactly because I feel God wants to do something in our lives, but maybe we just stand to our feet for a moment. I'm just going to pray over us to receive the Father's love. It starts with ourselves to receive God, God's unconditional love. I'm sure every man, every father here, and if you're not a father yet, you're going to get married, you're going to become a father. You can change what you grew up under, you can totally transform that, change it for the next generation. Amen? So maybe put your hand on your heart. Father, I just pray for every single one of us. Your whole intention was to have a family. The very purpose for creation, Father, was that you wanted children. You created Adam and Eve as your children. We, we're His offspring, Lord, and we are your children. We are called the children of the living God. Father, give us a deeper revelation that we belong to you. We've been adopted into the family. We are sons and daughters. We're called by the name of your son, Jesus. Your whole family under heaven and earth called by the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for healing. Any of us that have been uh, grown up in broken homes or didn't have a father or didn't have a mother, whatever it is, Lord, the neglect or the rejection, we speak healing into our hearts right now. The love of God heals in Jesus' name. We know we're accepted. We know we're loved. We don't have to strive. We don't have to struggle. We're secure in the Father's love. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Everybody says, Amen, Amen.
You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed. beginning your righteousness needs to be more than that of the pharisees but if we can find that narrow path and we can stick to it then we will be in that moment where we're seeing revival in our nation because then we will be the true soul and the true light to this world cool
Thank you.